Hey, welcome to the Super Self Podcast. It's Tommy Gentleman here. It's great to have you listening to this episode. So guess what? Today is a very special day for two reasons. Number one, it's actually my birthday today. So I'm at work recording this episode for you because I love to do that. That's what I love to do. It's my choice. I'm getting in amongst it today and looking forward to introducing this episode to you. The second reason it's a special day today is because today is the very first time we have a special guest on the Super Self Podcast. Now, earlier in the week, I caught up with Phil Biggs, a self-belief expert from The Life Hand. Phil and I talked about self-belief and we went deep into the topic. And I really think that you will appreciate Phil's style of delivery. He is an expert in self-belief. He understands what it takes to really empower yourself. And I like how he does it in a very organic, natural way. What I also really like about Phil is he is also a life coach in his 20s, going out there, making a difference, looking to improve people's lives. And that's why I've invited him on the Super Self Podcast, because I just know that you are going to love this episode and get a lot of value out of it. So I'm going to play the jingle now, and then we're going to get straight into the interview that I conducted earlier in the week with self-belief expert Phil Biggs from The Life Hand. I'm Phil Biggs, the founder of Life Hand Life Coaching, and what we do is we specialise in helping people with their beliefs, helping people get from point A to point B and bridging that gap from where they are in life and where they want to be. Uh, I started Life Hand just over three years ago. The best thing about what I do is working with people, especially in a, in a one-on-one environment where you're helping people to make those changes, and eventually you, you come across that kind of insight and you break through that boundary that creates a massive transformation for someone, that penny dropping moment, and they just think, wow, I understand now, I know what I need to do, and they just go out and do it. That's awesome, buddy. Wouldn't it be great if people that were listening had some kind of penny drop moment today listening to us two collaborate in this way? Yeah, definitely. That's the idea. I, I, I want to help people believe in themselves to, to go out there and just get the things that they want and make things happen. That's it, absolutely. And actually, making it happen is a bit of a tagline for you, isn't it? I believe it's actually the title of your book. Yeah, my first book, Making It Happen, uh, came out in August. It's a, it's a, re- a really good read, if I do say so myself. I've had some really <laughs> good feedback on people that have read it, and they've been using the processes that are in there to start making changes in their own life. So Phil and I met at the Best You Expo. We were both exhibiting there, um, both there for the weekend. So I just remember on the second day, actually, um, going to a breakfast kind of get together. And I just remember seeing you there, mate. And I thought, I need to speak to this guy. I think the first thing that we, we spoke about actually was, was martial arts. But I don't think we've ever had a real conversation about that. So I'm interested to go into that topic with you today because I believe you spent some time in China. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, where you were studying Kung Fu? Yeah. How long were you out there for? Uh, just under a year. Just under a year. Now, uh, when we first met, it was... I recall it being the first thing that you that you said. It was like you, you went out there and you came back and then had this kind of realization that you wanted to do something different. Is that right? Yeah, so when people ask me about my journey and, and how I got started in, in everything that I do now, going my trip to China was one of the defining points where a lot of realizations, a lot of learning took place. I had a, I had a good idea of 
what I wanted to do. But the thing was that at that point, they were just ideas. They were just things that I thought about and dreamt about. And then when I actually took the action to go to China and go out there and do something that I'd never done before in a place that I'd never been before, I suddenly start to realize just how much is possible. When we're constantly in the same place, we end up doing the same things. And so we end up being the same way. So traveling is a great way to break those routines because you're submerging yourself in an environment that you're not used to doing things that you don't normally do. And therefore, you're getting that immediate feedback. It's almost like being a child again, where everything is new and then everything is exciting. And some, for some people, that's scary, but it's breaking through that uncertainty and that lack of security that helps you create growth and new learnings that allow you to do new things. You don't have to go traveling around the world to do those things. You can, you can do simple either trips or it doesn't even have to involve traveling. It just involves sticking yourself in an environment that you're not used to, that you haven't been in often, that you haven't developed routines and patterns in, and therefore you can develop new ways of doing things. Absolutely. And, and is it fair to say that this can be done even in a roundabout way through this podcast? Just listening to this is kind of breaking the space if you're not used to listening to this kind of topic. Is that fair to say that? Yeah, definitely. If, if the kind of topics that you cover, if they're the kind of things that those of you out there listening, you haven't heard them before, you haven't thought about them before, you're already creating new pathways in your mind that are going to eventually lead to new things. Boom. All about those pathways, guys. We are creating change. We are creating new pathways, new ways of thinking, breaking that space, breaking normal. That is what we do. We aim to break boring because boring sucks and that's why we're doing this podcast and that's why Phil is my guest today because he is an expert on self-belief and so guys listening to this podcast right now you will be on a certain path a certain journey towards creating a future for yourself the super self is the best way because it is literally life to the fullest full of fulfillment happiness and progress what we aim to do here is allow you to have a, you know, a strong platform to build from because self-belief is such a deep thing. So Phil, I've got some questions for you. I'm gonna ask you these questions, but first I'm gonna play the jingle because I know that gets you guys listening excited and then we're gonna get into these questions. Phil Biggs. Question number one, sir, straight in there. What is self-belief? Well, it's, it's a big area, but to get straight to the point, you split it into two parts. You've got the self and you've got the belief. Now, a belief is something that we think is, is true. You know, we really feel it, we really connect with it. We have absolute faith in this truth without having any kind of evidence, without having any kind of proof. And without that evidence to back it up, all we have is our own thoughts, our own feelings about it. And when we believe it to be true, it's a belief. And linking that to the self, that belief that we have about ourselves, you know, when it comes to the future, we can't be completely certain of what the future holds. We can have a good idea based on experiences, based on what's happened in the past. We can make a lot of assumptions. And when it comes to our own futures, that's what we do. We make a lot of assumptions about what we're capable of what opportunities there are for us. Mm. And based on that, our own experiences, we create those assumptions and that eventually creates our belief about ourselves. Yeah, that's really good. It really makes sense. I just wanted to go kind of around this topic a little more around this question. Do you think that social media has a positive or negative effect on self-belief? Both, really, because 
the effect of a belief is based upon the react your reaction of it. And there's some stuff going around social media that can create a lot of negative assumptions. And what's really easy is to think that you see something online and think that must be true. It's online. Someone else said it and it's on a page and maybe this page is really popular and therefore it has to be true. Now, if whatever has been posted is having a negative effect on you and you believe it to be true, well, then you're going to reinforce that negative effect. But at the same time, there's loads of people out there, just like yourself, who are posting things out there that are having a positive effect on people's beliefs, having them shift those thoughts so they can make shifts within themselves in a positive way. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I totally agree with that, Phil. I think a lot of it's about focus, isn't it, what you, what you decide to focus on at the end of the day. Um, one thing about, about Phil, guys, those of you that are listening, he has this contagious way of, of making you feel like you can do the thing you want to do. And what I also like about the way that Phil does that is that he brings in a lot of knowledge on strategy. Um, because I say in the very first episode on the Super Self Podcast that I'm not a woo-woo type of guy. I think that's the same with you, Phil. However, we're both very much in touch with something greater than ourselves. I think it's fair to say that. And I think our, our own energy. Um, so I think having... That self-belief, that my point here is that just saying, believe in yourself, man, you got to believe in yourself and you can do it. That's not our style. We're not just going out there to say, you, you know, do this, do this thing. We're actually showing you how. And I like that about the way you do things, Phil. So I'm excited to see where you take this in the next question. Um, question number two is, why do we need strong self-belief? Like, Why isn't it okay just to have somebody say, every now and again you're really good you should believe in yourself why do we need strong self-belief well like i said before in my experience of coaching people or making changes in their life i noticed that belief was was the very first step so it's something that you really want to put some focus in put some attention on and get it right because it's the, it's the foundation of everything that you're going to do beyond that everything that you're going to plan everything that you're every action that you're going to take is going to be based upon that belief that you've built beforehand. And so the reason it's so important to have a strong belief is because what you end up doing, whatever you end up working towards, the actions you end up taking, uh, are going to correlate with the strength of the belief that you have. Because you're, throughout your journey, your belief is going to be tested. You're going to have times that uh, are going to push you to the edge. There are going to be obstacles that get in your way. And it's your belief is going to be a big part of that power that you have that pushes you through those obstacles and pushes you over them, around them. And then that way, with this, with strong enough belief, when you've got that power, that full force of 100% unconditional belief in yourself, you can really do anything. Awesome. I love that. I love that, that empowerment. Now, beliefs can come positive and negative, yeah? Yeah. The positive beliefs, that self-belief, that core drive to fulfill your personal legacy, for want of a better phrase, um, does that always exist or do you, do you think people create that? And, and, and if so, is there a particular time in one's life where we create that self-belief or is it in our DNA? Well, psychology shows us that a lot of the beliefs that we have, especially about ourselves, are created at a very young age, between the ages of three and six wow. when we're really starting to connect with our senses and we're taking information and it's, we're actually processing it so a lot of things that happen to us when we're children 
are can easily be translated into some kind of belief. And if you find there is a particular belief that you have, be it positive or negative, chances are that somewhere along the way, at that young age, is where you created it. And it can be created in a single event. It can be created as something that happened repetitively over time. But somewhere is that that origin of, of where the belief was created. I mean, that's so powerful. As you know, Phil, I've just recently become a father, uh, eight-month-year-old baby at home. I'm so aware, you know, knowing what I do about this topic and, and always learning, I'm so aware of how important every single action around him is. The message really is, everyone, you've got to, you've got to be so responsible um, because we can hold on to a belief that isn't going to serve us right, isn't going to help us out in life, and we can hold on to that belief just because it was somebody else's belief or restriction or limitation that we learn at a young age. Is that, is that true? Can that happen? Yeah, definitely. If, if, a, if we look specifically at parents and children, if something happened to a parent at a young age and they created the belief that maybe um, that they aren't able to do certain things because they'll get hurt, we then, that parent will then look out for their child's safety a, a little bit more than another parent who didn't have that experience. And so what you get is you get a child who's maybe climbing on a climbing frame. And because of that parent's belief, they're overly cautious about how that child can hurt themselves. But then they take it a step further, not just having the caution, but the assumption that the child will hurt themselves. Wow. And maybe they'll say to their child, get off that climbing frame, you'll hurt yourself. It's, it's not it's an assumption mm -hmm. to them it's a truth that child will hurt themselves and so when they're telling that child to get off the climbing frame because you will hurt yourself that child doesn't decide to sort of hear that information and think mm, is that true am mm -hmm. i going to hurt myself no they look up to their parent and they think okay my parent has said that i'm going to hurt myself if i'm on this climbing frame therefore that must be true therefore i'm going to get off the climbing frame that's what happens in the immediate moment but what happens in the long term that child goes on either not going on climbing frames ever again mm -hmm. and not experience, having that experience or even bigger than that never putting themselves in any kind of situation where there's any kind of risk because of the belief that they will 100% get hurt yeah and that's that's interesting because that can manifest and it can spread through in adult life to become something much more of a problem can't it for people yeah so that so that belief that, that can seem so small and insignificant at the beginning, builds over time. And the more experiences that can be connected to that original experience, the belief that was originally holding them back will grow and grow and hold them back in other areas of their life, in other behaviors and other actions. Oh, it's so powerful. It's almost like as adults, we're the only ones that can really make a difference here because we have to overcome our limiting beliefs to really unleash ourselves from any, any irrational beliefs that we have about the way the world works and really enjoy life at its absolute best potential but also by doing that by it's almost like we we in, we ignite something inside of us so imagine like if you've done it you kind of go like there's this ignition of of overcoming this limiting belief inside of someone and once that happens not only can they do what they need to do and want to do with their life but they pass that on to their children and i guess it's almost like in a weird way saying that your bloodline will will never uh, have that full grasp of of that thing unless you listening to this take that responsibility on you take that mantle and you go and listen to what we're saying here 
and really continue to do the best you can at being you, you know, organically, transparently, and honestly, overcoming this silly, perhaps we can call it silly, you know, I mean, I mean, some of it is much deeper than that, but these limiting beliefs that we can let go of in order to really live life at its fullest. Does, does that kind of make sense to you as well, Phil? Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's not just parents and children, it's, it's everyone that you come into contact with, you'll, you can have some kind of effect. And by breaking through those beliefs that are holding you back, you're inadvertently helping other people to do the same. It's like Maya Angelou said, but when we are liberated from our own fears, our presence automatically liberates others. Mm-hmm. And so if you can discover those beliefs that are holding you back and you can break through them and you can create those changes, other people will notice the people that you are close to, friends, family, co-workers, they see what you're doing. And that's like, you know what? If they can do it, then perhaps, maybe, just maybe, it's possible that I could do the same. Oh, I love that. We can become role models for, for that change in amongst our friends and our family, our social circles. And that's such a really positive thing. So, Phil, we're going to move on to question number three now. People are going to be wanting to know, okay, how can I do this thing then? So I want to, I want to ask you a question, see where you go with this. How can somebody increase their self-belief? Well, when making any kind of change, the, the thing that I focus on, I created something called the triad of change. And that's basically three steps to make any change in your life. Step one, awareness. You've got to be aware of the change that you want to make. Step two, understanding really knowing what it is that needs to be changed and getting specific about it. And step three, presence. Being present here in the now to take action because right now, in this present moment, is the only place that you can take action. You can only take action right here. You can't go back to the past and take action then. It's too late, the past is gone. And you can't go forward to the future to take action because the future never comes. Only until the future is now the present moment can we create that change. So looking specifically at increasing your self-belief, what does that mean? It means that you need awareness. So you need recognition of what that belief is. Because there's so many beliefs that we have and we've thought them and believed them for so long, we've just accepted them as truth. And so therefore, they go unnoticed. When you take something that you do very often or a certain way that you behave or a certain reaction you have, you can look at a belief that's behind it, a belief that causes that reaction, causes that behavior. And when you recognize it, you now turn it into something that could potentially change. So then you move into the understanding phase where you find the meaning of that belief. What does that belief mean to you? What is the effect of it? Because even though a belief can be limiting, there's normally a positive effect behind it. There's a, a positive reason that you created that belief in the first place. And one of the biggest reasons is protection. Limiting beliefs tend to protect us from something. By limiting us and holding us back from something else, we believe that we're avoiding some kind of danger, some kind of risk to ourselves, to our safety. We're survival beings at the end of the day. Mm. And the third step, presence, is looking at that belief that you found, understanding the meaning of it, and now being present to make challenges on it. Bit by bit, you can take a belief that you are so sure it's to be true, and even if you, that you don't have evidence, you can still challenge it. So, in a way, it's, it's all about testing. Like, I'll tell you the story of when I um, first got into training and one of the exercises I was doing was deadlifting. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who could deadlift uh, 120 kilos. And he was in good shape and I thought, yeah, like, I want to be able to do what he did. 
Um, now, at the time, I didn't believe in myself that I would be able to uh, deadlift 120 kilos, but I didn't even bother trying because of, because I already had that belief. I'd never done it before, and 120 to me seemed like a lot. Therefore, I wasn't even going to try. So I thought, okay, well, what do I believe that I could lift? I believe I could deadlift 80 kilos. And so I made this plan. I thought, I'm going to be strategic about this. I'm going to create a plan, step by step, getting better and better. I started off at 80 kilos, a deadlift, I did uh, three sets, and every week I would add five kilos. So starting at 80, I went to 85, 90, 95, and so on. Then eventually, in the ninth week, I got to 120. I thought, this is it. This is, this is what I've been working towards. So I stacked up the bar. And you know, it, it got progressively harder and harder every week. And I grabbed the bar and I lifted it up. And I, I was amazed. I was amazed. You know, I felt this great sense of achievement that I'd reached my target of deadlifting 120 kilos. Mm-hmm. And as I, as I finished the, the third set, I put the bar down and I had a big smile on my face. I was like, yes, yes, I did it. I did it. And this, uh, this guy walks past me, quite, quite a built guy, um, you know, Maybe, maybe a bodybuilder, and he sort of laughs under his breath. And I was a bit taken by this and thought, sorry, but do you have a problem? And he turns to me and he says, you just took, uh, he was someone who went to the gym regularly and he'd mm-hmm. seen me in there and said, you just took nine weeks to find out that you could deadlift 120 kilos. Wow. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It completely swept me off my feet and realizing that for all I know, in week one, I, I, I maybe I could have done it, mm-hmm. but I didn't know. I just assumed that I couldn't. And that's one of the dangers of limiting beliefs because not only does it limit what we think we're capable of, it limits the goals that we've set. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you only, I only believed that I could deadlift 80 and therefore the goal for week one was to lift 80, rather than thinking, you know what, maybe I can reach that final goal right now, mm-hmm. test it, load up the bar with 120, and see if I can lift it. If I can't, then drop down to where I'm capable of. Yeah, that's awesome, Phil. I, I suspect there's a lot of people that can relate to that, either with the, the same kind of fitness example or just in general life. And that is our goal here, is to give you that little bit of perspective shift um, and look at things slightly differently in order to create that result. You want to get to that next stage in your life. You want to get to that equivalent 120 kilo lift. And I assume you want to get there as soon as possible. So Phil's saying, get out there and test yourself. You know, we hope, we really hope that the content that we've shared and that Phil has, has brought to this episode and, and delivered to you has helped you move forwards today. So Phil, is there anything else that you want to add on the topic of self-belief before I give you Tommy's 10, which is a set of 10 questions that I'm going to ask all my guests. Is there anything else you want to say on self-belief before we move on to that? Well, I just want to say to the people out there listening that it's, it's okay to aim high. Everyone talks about this idea of realism and being realistic about what you can achieve. But the truth is that until you test what you're capable of, you don't know what realistic is. You don't, it doesn't become real until you do it, until you try it. So rather than just assuming that you're only capable of a certain amount, Get out there and test it and really find out. Push those limits. Reach them. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, so this is the first time having a guest on a Super Self podcast. I'm so excited about this because I've been thinking about 10 questions that I'm going to ask all my guests. And, Phil, you're the first person that I'm going to ask. So you have absolutely zero heads up, zero lead time on these questions. I do hope that you listening 
find it useful and interesting to understand a little bit more about who our special guest Phil Biggs is. So, are you ready, Phil? Yeah, I'm ready. Question number one, what does super self mean to you? Super self means being your absolute best self that's completely and utterly possible for you. Nice. Question number two, what is your philosophy on fitness? My philosophy is that fitness is a great foundation. Like we only have this one body and we need to make the most of it. Take care of it right now. Don't wait until problems start happening. You start right now and you look after it and your body will treat you well for the years to come. Yes, good. Question number three. Besides the Super Self podcast, obviously, what else do you listen to? I tend to listen to uh, a lot of classical music or movie soundtracks. I like music without words. Podcast-wise, I listen to the Tim Ferriss show. Nice. Question number four. Do you read? If so, what? Yes, I read as much as I can, as often as I can. I love taking in knowledge. Uh, Mostly things around self-help or life philosophy, motivation, anything that I can gain ideas and content from. Just a little um, question to elaborate on that. Because it is very much about learning, reading in your topic, do you still enjoy that? Is that a leisurely process or would you need to be reading something like, you know, uh, more of a storyline-based book? No, no. Anything that has, I believe, has some kind of concept that hasn't been discussed before, I want to know more about. Cool. Question number five, what is your favourite meal? My favourite meal is pizza. Pizza, boom. Question six, I noticed that you have a nickname, but I want to know why you have that nickname and you can tell the listeners what that nickname is. Well, a lot of people assume that uh, Ace is a nickname, Okay, it's actually my middle name. No, really? Yeah. Oh shit, I thought it was your nickname. (laughs) What an awesome middle name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is cool. That's so cool. Well, there we go. I didn't know that. That's cool. Question number seven. What is your favorite movie and why? My favorite movie is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I think it's the movie ever made. It's a film that I went to cinema and watched, and I I studied film studies at college, so I I know quite a bit about what goes into making the film. And as I was watching it, everything I thought of, like, oh, if I'd made this film, I would do this, or I would make that happen it happened and I, I was watching it just feeling like I made this film oh nice okay cool uh, question what are we on now question number eight is who is I mean, this is a super self podcast right so who is your favourite superhero and why my favourite superhero is the classic Superman um, and the reasons changed over the years actually I mean, when I was a kid it was just because he was like the ultimate superhero who was super strong and super fast and everything had great powers and it was like no one could beat him but then as I grew up um, the actual story behind Superman and the way he was raised and his sort of morals and philosophies and things I felt a real connection with and so he continued to be my favourite superhero into adult life nice I mean I'm big on my superheroes and we've had chats about that before um, so that's why that question's in there and now if you were I mean we're, I believe we're all superheroes in our own right what is your superpower Phil? well like my superpower in real life or in real what life, superpower yeah. I'd like to have? no in real life uh, my superpower in real life is my ability to shift perspective so shift rather than getting caught up in one way of looking at things even if I have a really strong opinion on something 
I have the ability to step back and look at one thing from loads of different perspectives so I can gain as much information as possible. Love it. Good job. And I hope that you, well, I, I know that you've given some of the, some of that perspective shifting to the listeners today and hopefully they've picked up on that, which I'm sure they have. And finally, question number 10 on Tommy's 10. What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for having a good time. I think that life here is, is it's just an experience. You know, it's like getting on a roller coaster at a theme park and when I get to the end of it, I just want to be able to look back and say, you know what? I had a good time. Good man. Awesome. Well, Phil Biggs, thank you. Phil Ace Biggs, that is his actual middle name. Do you know what? I feel like we are connected in so many ways and that the fact that that's your middle name, it kind of connects us even more. People think my last name is not my real name um, and I'm sure that you've had this previously before. Uh, there's a lot of parallels going on here and that's why it's so great to have you on the Super Self Podcast to share your message with my listeners. I really hope that everyone's enjoyed it. So Phil, people can get in touch with you. What's the best place for them to do that? Um, they can get me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the life hand. And I'm on the social medias like Instagram and Twitter at F.A. Biggs. So you can follow me on there and uh, message me on there. Nice one. And for you guys listening, if you want to get hold of me, you can. I want, I want your questions. I'm ready. I sit here every day and I'm like, which one of you is going to ask me a question today? And I look and sometimes I get questions, sometimes I don't. So I'm inviting you to ask me anything you want, anything you want. And if it's appropriate for the podcast, I will use it in future episodes. You can get hold of me, facebook.com forward slash Tommy Gentleman Coaching or on Instagram and Twitter at Tommy Gentleman Get onto iTunes, make sure you subscribe, make sure you give it a positive review. If you have anything you want to say to us and Phil, connect with us on social media. But for now, I want to thank you, Phil, for coming on, being a special guest, the very first special guest on the Super Self Podcast. I'll speak to you guys listening very soon. Phil, anything you want to say just to conclude? Keep believing. Keep believing, baby. That's all for now. Here's that jingle. Peace out, everybody. It's that time again your favorite part of the episode the ending if you love the outro hashtag outro gains on instagram yeah